welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Rachel, how are you this evening? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love being here. I love what you talk about. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you've already started flattering me, so I know this is going to go great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to just jump right in because I know you recently released a book. And so uh, I believe it's called The Intuitive Art having a two-way conversation with your higher self. So I'm curious, what made you want to write a book like that? Well, it's kind of funny. So I started doing the technique that I write about in the book when I was 11, and I've always been a writer. So pretty much from the time I was like 18 or 19 on, I knew I would write a book, and I'm 35 now. So Mm -hmm. In my mind, it took me a really long time to get here, but it was kind of always in the plan. Oh, sure. So nowadays, because of all the things that you're working on, when somebody asks you, how do you describe what you do to them? Yeah. um, I normally say I help people have a conversation with their higher self. And that kind of covers everything I do. And... um, Except for maybe the, like being an artist or whatever, mm-hmm. like all personal stuff. Sure. Okay. So so with that, you know, and you being an, an artist, when did you first decide or when did you first discover your your love of art? Again, when I was really little, I was always coloring or, you know, making a, some kind of sculpture out of mud in my front yard <laughs> or, you know, making some kind of found object sculpture out of paper clips and, you know, sewing thread. So I've really always been an artist. And in high school, I went to an arts high school. Um, so I think that just came naturally. My my mother is also an artist as well as my grandma. So it kind of runs in the family. OK, that makes sense then. So would you walk me through the journey then of of what you then finished in high school to what led you to then start your own uh, business, the the Intuitive Art Academy? Well, when I was, you know, finishing up high school, I kind of thought maybe I'll be an art therapist or a psychologist or something like that or a philosopher, you know, however they make money. But I I also knew at the same time that I really needed to work for myself. I really love being alone and I love being creative and kind of locked away. And so having a real job didn't really seem to facilitate that. So from that point on, I kind of was always looking to create my own thing, but I just didn't know what it would turn out to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. So let's let's unpack a little bit more then about the, the book you wrote. So having a, a conversation with your higher self, what, what does that mean? 
Yeah. So I think we're all familiar with our intuition, Mm -hmm. right? Well, we'll get that kind of feeling in our body. Some people call it a gut feeling. Some people get that feeling in their heart or in their face even. But we have these reactions to choices. And sometimes we feel like we should not go out that day or take a different route home from work or call a certain friend. And they usually, if we follow that feeling, it leads us to something really great or remarkable or, you know, something we couldn't have imagined happening to us. Um, That's good. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, I've wondered, you know, what happens if we can not just wait for that feeling, but if we can have that access all the time? Because there's obviously wisdom there if it always works out when we follow our intuition. So really, the book is about having a conscious conversation with the source of that information, um, that intuition, so that we can always live in that ease and flow. Okay. How do you, I guess, how do you uh, learn to trust your intuition? Like if you believe, and I'll give this myself as an example. I know growing up, um, I used to joke that my intuition had shit for brains um, <laughs> because I felt like if I followed it sometimes, I would just make really stupid decisions. So uh, so how do you either like hone your intuition or or learn to trust it in, you know, or, you know, maybe like in my case when I was younger, it wasn't actually my intuition. It was more of like an impulse or something. But how do you really like hone in on on listening to your intuition? Well, for me, in trusting it, I think we just have to learn to take little steps. So maybe it's hard to trust your intuition if it's about, a you know, moving careers. Mm-hmm. Like if you've always felt like, well, really curious about, you know, being a tour guide in Nepal, but, you know, it's it doesn't pay that well. You'd have to move across the world. So it's kind of hard to trust your intuition there. But if it's just about going to the grocery store at a certain time, you may get that random inspiration going there and then seeing like, Oh, you ran into your best friend and they had something cool to tell you. Mm -hmm. Following the little things really helps you to build up to the bigger things. Okay. Yeah. And, and distinguishing between an impulse and your intuition. I like to say that intuition is gentle and soft, right? It's our first voice. It's kind of like a little burst of inspiration Whereas an impulse is normally really loud and really assertive and aggressive. And um, and if we kind of think about how those two things have shown up in our lives, we can kind of tell the difference. Okay. Sure. So what are some, I guess, some strategies? So, you know, other than kind of, I guess, taking like a a baby steps through it, but are there... there, Are there ways that you teach people to kind of to draw out their intuition so that it's a little... I want to say easier to spot, but I think that's all the only word I can really think of. Yeah. Well, in general, you know, we've probably heard this a million times and maybe it makes you cringe, but meditation (laughs) is a really good way to kind of calm down your nervous system, Mm -hmm. not just your mind, but your whole body. We're normally running on so much caffeine and sugar and stress that that can really cloud feeling our intuition And so if you have anything that's akin to calming down your nervous system, like taking a walk or watching a comedy and just like laughing and letting go of your stress, that can really help to open up the channels into your body. Mm -hmm. 
but also intuitive art, which I teach for free um, because it's so helpful, is a really nice way to even just get out of your body and get out of your head. It's it's a way to get the information from your higher self, your intuition, that's not internal. So you don't have to worry about, you know, if you made it up or if you really felt that way. It's like right in front of you on paper. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so intuitive art. Can you walk me through the process of uh, if somebody wanted to, to do that and, and, and things that they should look for when creating this? Yeah, so... The name is kind of misleading, so I'll just get that out of the way. It's not, you don't have to have any kind of intuitive experience or any kind of artistic skill in order to do it. Um, so basically, it's three steps. If you have a question that you want to ask your higher self, mm-hmm. um, that's step one, asking your question. Step two, you close your eyes and you let your hand do whatever it wants. So you have your coloring stuff right near you, you have your paper in front of you, you close your eyes, and your hand will pick the colors and make the drawing, and it's just scribbles. Mm -hmm. And then the third step is opening your eyes and looking at the message and decoding it. And in our free class, we give you um, a quick little guided meditation for you to color, um, fill out your color sheet, which tells you what your own color meanings are. And that's how you know what the picture says. So. Yeah, eyes closed, scribbles, anybody can do this. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that, that sounds a, lot, a little easier. Okay, yeah. so, th- so then, um, but but they, uh, so could you, I guess, walk through a couple of, like, by color meanings, like, w- what do you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, in, like, the, the spiritual world, colors often mean the same thing. So, so, you know, somebody could say, well, red means this because that's my root chakra, and that's what it always means. But to me, I think there's more power in having your own personal color meaning because if you have sight, you know, if you're not blind, we're constantly surrounded by color and having these internal reactions to it in our subconscious. So the guided meditation, which is really quick, just helps you identify what your own subconscious color meanings are. And that way you can decode your your intuitive art drawings in a really personal way. Okay. Yeah, so everybody's is different. Okay. And so how long how long have you been been doing uh, the Intuitive Art website and, and teaching this? I have been teaching it in person offline for about 15 years, and I've been doing it online, I'd say, for about six. Oh, wow. Okay. So with, um, let's say, like the offline experience... Um, is it like a, a workshop that you do or is it like do you is it like a one-on-one type of events or what what's the how do you that usually work out I've done both but for the most part it's about a 90 minute workshop where there's a bunch of people in the class Okay excellent and that's um, if people want to I guess find that or sign up for those classes are those is that the in what is that your website Yep you can go to intuitiveart.com and we have an events calendar there. And the cool thing about this is I have certified intuitive artists who are all over the world. And when they teach classes, they put them on our calendar. So you could you could take a class with me if I teach, um, if I'm teaching that month, or you can find a class near you from one of them. Okay. Excellent. So then with, uh, with your book and, and having a conversation with yourself, obviously someone is, is probably 
trying to find deeper meanings and and hunt for more, I would say, purpose in their life. How do you help people find that? I really like that. So I, if you met me and kind of looked at my life, mm-hmm. honestly, it doesn't look like I do much. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm still in my pajamas. I asked you before this if it was audio only because I, I honestly haven't combed my hair today. Um, <laughs> And, but that's because I only do what I want to do. And I've streamlined my work so much that it doesn't, it doesn't appear that I have to put in a lot of effort. And that's really my goal is I want to help people identify what it is they really want to spend their time on. So they have their whole rest of their day to just do what they want, whether it's watching TV or traveling or hiking or spending time with family. So I really help people hone in on what it is that makes them excited and happy and then help them kind of declutter the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And mostly that I do that by helping them listen to their own intuition because that's really what your intuition is guiding you to anyway. Okay. So I've, I've, I've tried to go down that route myself and I have probably done more, I think, like the business or the, uh, I almost say logical is probably the best way to describe it, but it's like more of like the A plus B equals C type of way where you're like, you know, taking workshops and you're like, this is how you um, figure out what you're good at based off of, you know, this test and the how to structure your day off of this test. And I have a feeling that that's not necessarily how you approach how you do it. So how... How did you approach in in your own journey your your purpose and how do you help people find theirs? Well, I think it starts with listening to your own cues. So I will have an idea in in me of course like I love to travel. So mm-hmm. I've set my life up to really facilitate that. And so I have this idea. I really want to travel. That's what's exciting to me in my body. It kind of makes me revved up and, and tingly. And then, so then I will expect for things to show up that will help me get there. And sometimes maybe that will be like a test, you know. Um, sometimes it will be some kind of guide online or a class to teach me a skill that I need in order to make that excitement happen. Like, for example... Um, right now, a couple of weeks ago, I, I sent out a draft of my next book to some friends and and one of them said, you know, this isn't a book. This is a TV show. And I was so excited by that that I just start, started learning how to write TV. And that does take a very logical course. Right. Like I, I got some classes. I ordered some books. I'm learning how to do it um, the way anyone else would. Mm-hmm. And so really the best thing I can do for people is to help them listen to their own excitement and to put some weight on that because I think so often we'll be excited by something, but then um, just disregard it because it doesn't seem practical. But if we follow that and we let things come to us to support that, um, that's really where we can pick up some momentum. Like I I had that idea for writing the TV show. And then two days later, my best friend sent me 
um, a class that was happening near her about writing for TV. And she didn't know yet that I had had that idea of writing for TV. So things kind of start to have this synchronous feeling and you'll you literally things will come come to you in your inbox or in your mailbox or from a friend on the, the phone that will help you on your journey. So that's kind of what I try to facilitate for people is listening to themselves in those vague little cues and helping them turn into something a little louder so that they pick up some momentum. Mm-hmm. How do you approach things that you're fearful of? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you get this a lot with other people that you're working with, but, you know, listening to your intuition and maybe it is leading you in a direction that makes you apprehensive or if you're like, you know what, I, I'm not ready for that part. Um, so how do you, you know, handle those times in your life and how do you help other people get over things that, that make them fearful? Yeah, this is such a tough one because I, the more I step into my excitement, the more I have to do things I'm afraid of. Um, I just recently took a two month road trip for a book tour and (laughs) I'd always my my whole entire life wanted to kind of do the tiny house camper van Airstream thing. Mm -hmm. And last summer I bought a camper van and I love it, but I hadn't gone anywhere and I'd owned it for eight months. And so I was thinking I have to take my camper van on my book tour. But I was so terrified of driving over the mountains to get out of Arizona that I was thinking about flying for a really long time and just leaving the van at home. And all of that just because I was scared. And so finally, one day I just said, I bought it to drive it. I have to drive it. And I just sucked it up and and did it. And it turned out to be, of course, amazing. Um, I didn't break down on the mountains. I, I was fine. <laughs> But sometimes I think we just we have to remember what our intentions were. We have to remember that first thing that made us excited. And we have to rely on that in times where we're afraid because our fear will wipe out any kind of connection to intuition that we have. It kind of like erases it in our body because we're so it's like if you can bring up the feeling of fear in your body, it feels like everything's scrambled. It's like scrambling the messages and so we have to remember what it was you know what was our through line why are we afraid in the first place and decide with our logical mind with our brains what to do and hopefully we have enough faith in ourselves that we'll choose the original intent so with with everything that you're working on um, and I think you kind of mentioned this. How do you so do you have a, a basic kind of st- structure that you do for your day of of a time that you're maybe more creative or more in tune um, mm-hmm. with with your intuition? Or do you just kind of allow your day to evolve naturally? It's a little of both. I I'm a night owl. I really love being creative at night, like, say, you know, 11 o'clock to 2 a.m. is a really good time for me. And um, and it takes me a while to wake up in the morning. So if I get up at, you know, eight o'clock, I probably won't start working until noon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just I'll catch up on email in the morning, but then I'll just watch YouTube for a while or talk to a friend. And so I kind of I let my day evolve as I'm feeling it. And I try not to make any appointments before noon because I know I won't feel like talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, I'll just 
I'll just fill it in with whatever I'm inspired to do. Um, I make a lot of videos. I edit a lot of videos and I, I teach and have sessions a couple times a week. So it's a pretty light schedule. So I have a lot of room in there to kind of do what I feel like doing. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to start shooting videos? I, I just had this feeling. It was in 2012 when I started making videos. And I just felt like that would be the best way to express myself. I, I wasn't good at it in the beginning. It was it was pretty bad. It was really, I mean, it was really bad. Like, I still have them up on my YouTube channel, and it, just as a reminder of how far you can come. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just figured I'd get better. I, I didn't really, I tried not to be hard on myself because I knew that I had to just do it. The only way I'd get better is to keep doing it. And, um, and so many people since then have come up to me because of my videos and they, they say that my videos are the thing that brought them to me. So I don't, again, I don't know what, what it really was that gave me that idea, but I'm glad I followed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I watched a few of your videos and they're, they're quite good. How do you decide uh, the topic to talk about? Is it just like what comes to mind beforehand? Do you have um, like, do you research things you're going to talk about before or how does that work? Um, recently I started asking people if they have questions, which has been really helpful to make, you know, more concise, shorter videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that in my translating the shift videos. But other than that, I normally just, um, it'll be kind of a response to what I'm seeing on Facebook or what my students are talking about. If I have something to add to the conversation, I'll just put my camera on and make a video. Um, a lot of the times it's just what I feel like talking about. So I'll wake up or, you know, have an idea of, uh, of a topic and then I'll just kind of talk and expand on it. And they're normally pretty free flowing. Occasionally I'll have some bullet points, but maybe that's like one in 50. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's mostly just a response to what I'm seeing my students are online or just kind of out of the blue, what I feel like talking about. Mm-hmm. That's great. So as, you know, as the, the projects that you're working on and uh, everything that you're, you're doing, how do you see your own work evolving? I think I'm giving myself greater permission to be me and and that's been cool. Like just stripping away any kind of sense of what's appropriate is is nice so that I can actually be more free and more intuitive in my business. Um, and I think I'm also becoming a better teacher and thinking of how people can engage with my content better, how I can be more present to the, where they actually are and not making assumptions in that and and figuring out how that they can best go through what I want to talk about. You know, how can I talk about purpose or intuition in a way that they better connect with? I think that's been my biggest evolution lately. Mm-hmm. Sure, that makes sense. So, with again, with everything that you've, you've done and, and your own personal journey, what would you say is the best advice that you've ever received? Ooh, um... 
excitement is a full package. I think that's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, I, I can remember when I had a, a desk job and I wasn't very happy. I didn't have a lot of energy to create new things. So when, when I had thought about creating an online business then, I was exhausted and I didn't know how I could devote time to creating something I didn't know how to do, right? Because that takes so much energy to learn something new. But then this idea that excitement is a full package. So excitement has the idea of what you need to do, at least the first step. It has the energy that it'll take to complete that first step and it will lead you to the next step. And so following that, I, I'm no longer scared by new big ideas. Like this idea of writing a TV show. I mean, I've never done that before. I don't even, I, to be honest, I've kind of had a judgment about TV, even though I, I watch TV, but I was like, I'll never go there. That's, you know, whatever. But yeah, excitement is a complete package and it has everything you need to begin and will give you everything you need to continue. If you don't mind talking a little bit, so that so the the time when you were then working a full time job, and then trying and and building your online business, how how did that transition officially happen? So when was it that you decided that you were going to then do your online business and then make that transition from your day job into what you're doing? Yeah. So. I was making like 200 to 500 a month doing my intuitive art teaching part-time on the weekends. And I did that for several years and it just stayed there. Uh, and I realized that unless I did something different, I wasn't ever going to make more than that. So I'd never be able to support myself full time unless I figured out something else. Like that moment I knew I didn't know how to grow this and it wouldn't grow on its own. And that realization allowed me to decide to make something more of it. And I realized I needed to learn something new. I needed to do something new in order for it to grow. And so that was really the first step to changing how much money I was making and how much I was working. And so I hired a business coach who was also intuitive. So I thought it would be a perfect match. Turned out to be a disaster. But at least I learned, you know, what marketing was and how to market and, and how to kind of begin on that online journey. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Were you were you also reading any books at that time that helped you along the way or, or doing any kind of exercise that also helped you along that way? I don't think I was even there yet. I mm -hmm. think okay. in the beginning I was really focusing on learning online. I, I'm really visual, so I love you know, YouTube and taking webinars and courses. I took a branding course next, which actually really helped me out because it, it let me know that I needed to like know who my audience was and what I was offering them and how to put words to what I do in a way that connects with people. So okay. really the online thing was, was for me. Okay. That's great. So if, so if someone listening to this podcast really wants to take the next step and, and, you know, figure out, how to listen to their intuition in what would you say is the very first step that they should do? Well, you can take our free intuitive art course if you want. It's just an hour and that'll really help you 
kind of understand how this whole intuition thing works and how to get your intuition outside of your head and your body so that you can trust it in a little better way. Um, and you can find that at intuitiveartacademy.com. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you can you know try to sit down for five minutes a day and just relax. You can even just lay in your bed and relax. And that'll help you turn up the volume on your intuition if you don't want to formally meditate. I think that's a really good start is just begin to be aware of as you are and just relax yourself. Beyond finding you on your your website, is there any, anywhere else that, you, that people should go to if they want to see more about what you're doing or hear more about what you're working on? Yeah, you can go to my more general blog if you want. It's rachelarchelais.com. And there I talk a lot more about business and, you know, ease and authenticity. And I think there's a lot of really cool content there. Okay, wonderful. And I will make sure that I put the links in the show notes to uh, both of those websites. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Hour podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day. Thank you.